Are you guys ready up there? Hello, and welcome to the WIFT podcast. I'm Vanessa Gilday, Vice Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland. On Thursday, December 3rd, our chair, Dr. Susan Liddy, was in conversation with the CEO of the Swedish Film Institute, the legendary Anna Cerner. Since her appointment in 2011, Cerner has delivered 50-50 gender parity and has become one of the most influential figures in the international industry. Cerner is an internationally recognised leader, an inspired and outspoken advocate for gender equality across the world. Her call for 50-50 by 2020, announced in Cannes in 2016, spearheaded a wide-reaching campaign to accelerate change across the world. We are thrilled to have you, we really are. Okay, so Anna, let me, I know that you are very well known and that most of the people listening and watching will know you but some won't and particularly we have some students joining us today and they i might like to give them if you don't mind a little bit of background uh, uh, you know on you just so as ceo of the swedish film institute first of all i think it's fair to say you've been an outspoken advocate and a campaigner for gender equality and more recently a bigger focus of course on diversity for me the very important thing about you anna is that you normalized the idea that we should and could aspire to 50-50 split in the industry. Now, let's park the idea of where we are. Let's park the idea of how hard that's gonna be. It doesn't matter for, for, to me in this way. You made that seem like something we had an entitlement to want. And to me, I will always be grateful for that, I have to say. So you have since 2001 rejected the way that business was done. The expectation was, for all kinds of sort of woolly reasons that we don't need to go into, that it was a male-dominated industry and kind of that's how it was. Uh, but you encouraged, I think, and spearheaded a movement that questioned the righteousness of that position. And as a result, our collective expectations have shifted, which to me is profoundly important. Now, in case listeners will think you are universally loved, Anna, I must come quickly in and say, not everybody thinks Anna Cerner is the best thing since sliced pan, not at all. In fact, one producer recently criticised you for having a blinkered approach to the industry. You can't, according to some people, see anything else but gender inequality. And in fact, I read somewhere that there's a creative crisis in Sweden because of that. Apparently, you're a bit controlling and people are rather scared of you. Now, I must rush in to assure you that there's nobody here today that's scared of you, Anna. So we're going to move on to some questions, and but, but just another tiny bit of context before I get there. That is to say, as far as I gather, and you correct me if I'm wrong, as a much younger woman, you tried your hand being a student, you know, a practical film study, a film student, and so you had that and you walked away from it. You, you went into to law and then you held a number of senior positions in uh, organizations across Sweden, for, like maybe this isn't the absolutely correct term, but the Advertising Association of Sweden or something of that kind. And then this is where our story begins. In 2011, you were appointed CEO of the uh, Swedish Film Institute. So my first question is this. 
had you any hesitation in accepting that job? Like, did you go in with the idea that you were going to shake things up or did that just kind of happen? Thank you for the introduction. It was a, a short but very accurate uh, description of uh, everything, I think. Well, when I got the question if I was interested in the job, I did hesitate, mainly because I didn't know the expectations of the CEO. As you said, I had had actually two positions for trade organizations. So it was the Advertising Association, which is perfectly correct. And the other one was the uh, Newspaper Association. And when you are uh, the head of a member association, like you maybe in WIFT, there are always uh, numbers of people that claim to sort of own you uh, because they pay you membership fee. And uh, as an as industry tend to be, they are not alike. So there are a lot of different projections, I would say, within an industry that I know is impossible to unite. Mm -hmm. uh, so after having had two of those positions, I really didn't want to have another one. So I asked the headhunter if this was a membership organization or if we were assigned by the government. And uh, he actually had to go back <laughs> and the board had to really investigate if we were a governmental body or mm. uh, a part of the industry. And they, their message was clear. You are not a part of the industry. You get your assignment from the government. And that made me say yes, as I believe in, uh, I, I mean, everyone loves film. And having worked with uh, the freedom of speech in uh, open democratic society, like, you know, media's role in a society, I was really thrilled of the idea of being able to talk about the cultures, culture's role in a society. Mm and specifically film as everyone relates to film. So yes. mm. that was the reason <laughs> why I accepted mm. the position. Mm -hmm. And I realized though, that I would uh, be thrown into the debate of gender inequality mm -hmm. because there is gender inequality all over the world. Yes. And as I had, as you said, I've been a strong advocate for mm equality since my day one at my first job mm -hmm. so for me it i realized after being a sort of a public gender equality advocate i realized that i would face media's questions mm -hmm. about the film industry so i actually wrote down a mission statement for mm -hmm. the board uh, explaining how I look at things and saying that if you want someone that uh, is not working with gender equality, you shouldn't pick me because I am a woman, I'm, uh, I will be a CEO and I've been working and talking openly about this for already mm -hmm. 15 yeah. years. So they said yes anyways, mm. which the industry got a bit shocked of.
I can, I, I can imagine. So, okay, you moved into the position then, and you know, we know that you 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 put great emphasis on the gathering of data, the the you know statistics to see where things are going, which has of course become best practice across the world. Uh, that you have monthly reports, that you monitored progress, and fast forwarding a tiny bit, before we knew where we are, the papers were full of. Sweden has made it to 50-50, this is wonderful. And there was great celebration and everything. Now, my question to you is, was it more doable to get to the 50-50 than it was to then maintain it? I think that's a very interesting uh, question because it is really true. When I started off this work, uh, I was very clear in my aim and I said, I want to reach 50-50 over time, and I expect to reach it in 2015 mm. or 2016, and this was 2012. And I, I'm going to act, stop talking, start acting is my exactly. motto. And then I said, I did a little bit of threatening, and I said, I hope I don't have to do quotas and I hope the industry will work with me, but I'm not afraid of quotas. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was a message that is so provocative that it was really picked up very immediately. And the industry heard it. And the industry, I mean, they are so uh, adjustable <laughs> and flexible for the money. So <laughs> when they heard money want women, they wanted women. Okay. So they started digging up women. And in two years, we achieved 50-50 for the year 2014. Yes. yes. But of course, we all, yeah, I mean, in Europe, except for France and UK, maybe we we produce too few films to be able to maintain exactly 50-50 each of course, year. Yeah. So what I said was that uh, I don't want to go for 40-60 mm -hmm. because then women are always the 40 and mm -hmm. men are always the 60. But I want to go for 50-50 over time, which means that one year we can be 100% women and the next year 0% yeah. women. Yeah. Uh, and that is actually what has happened. But uh, the flexibility to the money was stronger in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then when people saw, wow, we, we managed, then I go back to my old friends again. Yes. Uh, so they started to go back and we needed to do new initiatives to keep the awareness high all the time that mm -hmm. We're not there. We can't relax. Mm. Uh, this year, we have just, we, yesterday, we took the last decisions and we ended up 50-50. Really? This year. Yeah. Uh, oh, last year. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, last year, we ended up 53-47. But the two years before, we were uh, around 30. Yeah. So I knew I there was a say, difference at one stage. Yeah. yeah, so I would say over this period, which mm. is 2017 to 2020, mm. we will end up in 43.37. Right. Which I think is, is close to 50-50 if you don't have it as a target. Yes. I'm against the targeting of 40-60, yeah. but I am, I am aware that it's... 
it's not like we can be sharp every year. So yes. it has yeah. to be a little bit fluent. But yeah, over but the no, that, years, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Now you do hear, um, you do hear from different countries um, that you know when they can't quite get the figures you do hear well we, we can't get women to apply you know we we're we just they won't they're not coming forward and i'm wondering you know or maybe you have semi-answered there but just to clarify because i think it's an important issue you spread the word and it was you ex in other words you were you had the expectation that the producers would find the women yeah in order to get that money yeah yes so so basically the producers are the a very important group of people in all this. Yeah, I mean, I guess that the uh, Irish public funding system is exactly like the Swedish, mm. that we are funding the production companies. Yes. So it really is the production companies that apply. Yes. And that means that whoever is the uh, initiative maker, mm. which could be a scriptwriter or a director, but it's the producer's role to wrap it up yes. yes so it's really the production companies uh okay i said wrong did anna say 4337 yes i meant 4357 of course oh sorry i yeah. see Gemma. yeah. oh, Gemma's on the ball there anna Our yeah, Gemma, yeah, I, you. We, we, she started off explaining i'm a lawyer not a not an <laughs> economist so uh you know <laughs> but uh, Anna, I, can hardly, I can hardly add up on my fingers, so I would be the wrong person to yeah. pick you up on that. Yeah. But, um, yes, no, I, I take that point, Anna. Now, look, can I ask you about this? Because it, it's not just that it was a big deal in Sweden. When did you start realizing that your message was traveling across the world and having an impact? People were starting to listen. When did you get that? Well, I mean, of course, it started off. I don't remember. When did I visit you in Limerick? That was 2016. Yeah. Okay. So it already started off. Well, I realized it, I would say, in uh, Cannes 2015. Right. I was walking down the street and suddenly this French woman comes up to me and says, can I take a selfie? <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, what? Why do you want to take a selfie with, do you mean with, with me? Yeah, with you. I said, why do you want to take a selfie with me? Because you're Anna Cerner. And I was like, what? That was very weird. Uh, and I didn't understand it. And then I went to Toronto Film Festival and I was taking part of a panel and I've been taking part of panels all my grown-up life mm. and it's really you know you're talking to the already uh, the already choir so it's really nothing new and it's kind of empty in these auditoriums mm. and uh, this time we were it was a very i would say a very interesting panel it was like the executive uh, president of uh, warner studios in hollywood and i mean it was high maintenance people mm. and it was wendy mitchell of the screen that uh, did the oh, yeah. moderation so she was you know presenting people and it was like i don't remember their names but say susan lady sorry to use you but susan lady i was like yeah yeah that's good and then i was the last one i said and then anna cerner and i could hear people screaming like like i was a rock star and i was really surprised and it, the room was packed 
And then I started sort of try to figure out what had happened. And it, there were actually a couple of things. One thing is, of course, that I, I have had as a survival strategy to hook up with people that likes me. So everywhere I went in the world, there were women coming up to me that wanted to do stuff and they had heard about me because that rumor spread. And even though I didn't have anything to offer or they didn't have anything to offer, of course, I was talking to them. So I kept them aware of how we were wor working. Mm -hmm. Then in 2015, Kate Blanchett yes. accepted her Oscars award. And... Uh, she accepted it and told the world about how it is being a woman. And that started off a celebrity mm. uh, awareness yes. that made, I would say, media much more interested. And my belief is that media started calling women and saying, you know, is there any example in the world that we can interview? And then people, you know, look at that Anna Cerner in Sweden. Uh, so I, I believe it was like really a grassroots mm. movement mm. that shows that it's good that we are in contact with each other. It is great. And it's a great example of that, actually. Yeah, it really is. OK, so you I think I was going to ask you about quotas, Anna, but I'm not going to spend too long at it because I know everybody. The funny thing about it is even you Swedish researchers refer to what you're doing as quotas. Yeah. But you have it kind of fairly consistent, although know, there's been a couple of interviews that, that's, that seemed to, to say that you were using the term as well, but that may have been just the way they were put together. Can you just reiterate, you do not see what you're doing as a quota. Is that because you want to allow a kind of a, a, kind of a percentage up and down dip within, we'll yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what we do is that we totally have uh, open eyes awareness about how many women that are applying and why not and we do you know we go out so we are definitely when we look to on project with with women of course we pay a lot of attention to make sure that we are not dismissing them mm. wrongly but doing quota is in beforehand to say we have 50% of this money that is the men's money and 50% that is the women's money. And my fear is that if we do that, the men's money will be the quality money and the women's money will be the quota money. Okay, yes. So everyone is applying in the same manner and uh, the result varies up and down, but we, we are really making an effort to find the female projects okay okay yes all right and i want to come to something that i know is becoming quite important for you and i think it's becoming important across the world and we need to address it and that is that up to this point it has been about gender equality gender equality and i understand completely by the way how important that is um and i know that sometimes uh when when you know gender equality is dim diminished by some people by saying, oh, can, what about other groups that haven't? And it's a way sometimes of sort of marginalizing the argument for gender equality. But bearing that in mind, diversity, inclusion, uh, an industry that's more all embracing, that is becoming quite important across the world. And I believe quite important to you too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're addressing uh 
situation where the white privileged women have been fighting for centuries now not maybe well they're probably in the film industry as well and we have been ignorant or arrogant or just naive enough to believe that we were talking for all women and uh, during the past years, it has been very clear in public events, in festivals, that uh, women from non-Western countries, women of other colors than white, have questioned who is talking here. And why don't we have any representatives from Asia? Or why don't we have representatives from Africa? Or And... I have been, from the beginning, I was of the idea when it, that question came from the men that they wanted to derail from the, it, when you start not being as focused, it's very much easier to yes. miss out of it. So I was very much racism. I'm totally with you. It's not the same as uh, gender equality work. Racism is something else class is something else but if we start talking about everything at the same time we will lose focus but when this uh, discussion has been raised and i have been suddenly you know awakened that the intersectional problem is when you are both a woman and people of color and maybe lgbtqi Everything make if you have more levels of oppression, mm -hmm. you will be even more vulnerable. And uh, it ended up with me uh, realizing that in Sweden, the Afro-Swedish film community didn't even know that we were working with a target 50-50. That's incredible. For me, that was, I mean, the rest of the world knows it. But they were not listening to us because they didn't feel included. Mm. And that was really an eye-opener for me. So our last report, which I had hoped I could deliver to you now, but unfortunately it's delayed in the, uh, in the interpretation to English, but it's called Witch Women. And it's about women of color and women of age yes. and how yeah. they have it. Yes, and uh, I'm very proud of this report, and has been a very t taken us very long mm -hmm. to finalize it, but the response from these women is is really uh, heartbreaking. I knew this report is coming, and I must say I'm really looking forward to reading yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a fascinating one. Okay, so you also had another report, didn't you, about the funding gap between men and women, mm. the money issue, because. You know, so, um, sometimes you you know you get the sense that there's a conversation about 50-50, but actually, when you delve into it a little bit deeper, you realise that what's being spoken about is a headcount, and that when you delve into it a little more, even though you can't even quite get the headcount of 50-50, those women are not even getting near the budget of the men's budget. So, so the funding a gap is is quite a big problem. Can you talk to us about the Swedish experience there? Now, this is an international problem, I know, but from where you're coming from, 
Yeah, I mean, what happened uh, was that we achieved 50-50 pretty fast uh, and then it has been going up and down, but we have held, held it up. But it was very apparent that women got to do the art house, the smaller films with a lower budget. And when we digged into that, because I was aware of that all the time, we need to count the money as well, because money is power mm. and money is the audience and money is the open conversation in a society where smaller art house films are talked about in smaller groups mm. and the bigger films are talked about everywhere. Yeah. And, and the belief for me is too with working with inclusion. It's both that you uh, get a higher quality when all the potential quality makers are taken into consideration. But the other thing is that we all do our expressions through the lens of our experiences. So if the audience only got to see the male experience, yeah. that would be a very weird way of mirroring our society. So uh, we start, we decided to make the report about the money issue to see what happens. And a very long <laughs> report, short, is that men in lead character gets more money. Men, uh, fi films with lead, male lead mm -hmm. characters get more money. Films made by men get more money for the production which means that they get more money for distribution, mm -hmm. which means that they are the ones that gets the big audience. Mm -hmm. So in the end, we could realize that 80% of all films the audience gets to see mm -hmm. are films made by men. So we wanted the women to get the bigger budgets. Mm -hmm. And then I went out in 2018, making a new threat saying, uh, I'm not afraid of, and I'm considering to give the women all bigger budget funding one year just to make a statement that they actually can and it was a shitstorm i can tell you <laughs> uh, but two years later we can see the change so we went from you know zero percent women mm. and now we are up to 38 percent female directors or 40 whatever it is so it's not we're not we didn't reach 50 50 but uh, there has certainly been a clear uh, progression and when we see how successful the films are if they reach a big audience uh, or if they travel abroad the hit and the flop statistics are exactly the same mm. for men and women. Mm. It's hard to make good films. Mm. And of course, it's not easier because you have a big budget, but men flop as much as women, or on the other hand, women flop as much as men, mm -hmm. but both uh, did 70% of the films mm. delivered up to expectation. Okay. Yeah, because they are, you know, it's often said, isn't it, that women don't get that space to fail. Uh, no, exactly. You know, men can have failures and people will go, oh, that was a desperate last film. But no one is going to imply that 
that guy shouldn't have a good shot at making another. But I suppose there is that sort of sense that, you know, everything is riding on the woman's shoulder. She really mustn't fail with this film, which is a terrible burden yeah. to carry. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But it's really what I also say to all production companies is that you have to have a strategy to take care of women in the same way you take care of men. Yes. So yes. a man that fails, sometimes he's kicked out. Mm. Very often he's given the second chance. Mm. And mm. the same attitude should be towards women as well. Mm. If mm. you believe that they have talent. Yeah. And I would say everyone... I mean, we, are, we don't have that many geniuses, not among women and not among men, but there are quite a few talents mm. that with some scholarship and, you know, with some yes, uh, yes. Yes. experience can do really good films. Uh, tell me this, um, this, this, okay, you as a public funder have a certain amount of power mm. and, but you know, you're not running the whole wider industry single-handed. To what extent, talk to me about that balance between the amount of power that you have to do what you can do and, and what you need from the industry to really kind of reimagine the whole landscape. Because you do need the industry coming on board, really, do you? Yeah, yeah. I would say that uh, this is actually what you refer to this female producer claiming that I only have focus on gender equality and I don't have a creative vision for film. This is, I don't know if you have this in Ireland, but uh, I would say that the public funder is not the one to have the creative vision. Okay. I would say that should be the filmmakers. We should have the system and the structure to support mm. their vision. The problem in Sweden is that I get a lot of support, but not openly. Oh. I do get support openly as well. I shouldn't exaggerate. I do get support openly as well, but of course that doesn't get as much attention. But there, in Sweden, there is a very low artistic dialogue within the industry. So old myths and old truths and uh, everything is sort of not moving because there is not an open conversation. And that I think is my biggest challenge right now because they, they say me, you should invite us. And I say, I do invite you, but you don't say anything. Mm. I mean, we need to take the creative assignment much more serious. I think the film industry, at least in Sweden, suffers a lot from being also a commercial industry mm. because the, the deep conversation you can find in arts and literature and uh, theater, you rarely get in the film industry. And I think that is a problem. Because I think that uh, that will, in the end, make the industry maybe not relevant for tomorrow's audience. Mm. Yes, yes. You mentioned somewhere, you were referring some, to somewhere recently about, the, I think you had been asked about who, who, you know, who has done well or whatever. And Norway and Denmark were mentioned as 
and certainly Norway, I, I, I would know of that myself. But can I ask you, do you think it was anything particular that they did that that resulted in a you know a kind of a positive outcome at the moment for them, or is it just a case of trying different things and some some years you get a good result and then some years you don't? Why do you think that Norway? Why did you choose Norway and Denmark as two that you felt had come on, had achieved? When did I choose them? Do you mean? I don't know. I can't remember. I've read so many <laughs> things now. <laughs> I, I, because... do, I do know, Anna, that in the recent book, the, the Norwegian um, the Norwegian chapter, uh, they, they did seem to be, um, have come on a lot. And yeah, they I think, think in Norway, yeah. there has been a sincere work yeah. for gender equality. Uh, and they actually achieved it. And they have created which i think is really interesting a kind of a lab for female directors and they started off and uh, their films has been have been really successful mm. in artistic matters in denmark they still have a very hard problem talking about gender inequality yes they do so i i don't think i pointed at them what i did was that I created to, to show role models because we often hear there aren't any women. So to prove them wrong, we started off the site nordicwomeninfilm.com. Yes. And I named it Nordic and I tried to lure them on board, <laughs> uh, which they accepted until I said, now you have to pay yes. something as well because we're creating a site here. And they didn't. So it took about four years to get their archives to jump on board. Mm. Uh, so now we are actually in Norway, Denmark, Sweden, but mostly Norway and Sweden. Mm. But that is more of the historical archive perspective. Okay. In okay. Sweden, we add on the new uh. coming stars yeah. no I, I i mean i did wonder to be honest because my understanding would be that denmark do not like a discussion about gender inequality and they don't like to to uh, to be debating that they don't seem to like to acknowledge it even that 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 would be my experience having um having uh, met various people along the way can i can i answer because jaro's question is is pretty uh, accurate uh, she she wonders where if the money, so we said the money and the production company want money, if we attached some kind of requirement or yes. added on. So no, we didn't. We just said that this is the money you have. Though, as we could see that the, and I can see that there are questions about female script writers yes, and yes. they have to write like men and stuff. And we could see that if there were, back in the days, yes. women as directors or scriptwriters, they had a harder time getting a full financed film. Mm -hmm. So we raised our uh, funding strategically mm. to get the films being mm. done. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't any earmarked money or something. We did it if the we realized that mm. the film would otherwise fall apart yes 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 I, and I, I and we understand. are counting specifically uh, scriptwriters, uh, mm. directors and producers mm. but mm. we uh, of course uh, try to follow as well mm. 
cinematographers, editors, yes. mm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you of the view that if you just keep going, you'll get there? Or, or do you accept the argument that, you know, um, sometimes we keep moving forward, but actually time passing, keeping it up, we must do that anyway, because obviously we know we're dealing with a system that has been in place for a long, long time. Mm. So yes, with any sense at all, one knows one cannot dismantle that in a short space of time. But equally, it's not necessarily the case that if you just bide your time and keep going, you will you will hit the jackpot. You, you almost have to keep recommitting to the work. And, and yeah. you find that you have to be innovative to come up with different strategies. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the most important thing is to keep on acting. Yeah. Uh, so you don't uh, lean back and believe that now we're there. What we do is that we uh, monitor over periods of four years mm. and every period has its action plan. Mm -hmm. uh, the strategies are pretty much the same knowledge, role models, counting, reports but we can add on uh, strategies for bigger budgets or we can add on strategies uh, because i think that and there is actually questions about women's stories and how well they are sort of made sellable mm. and that we are yeah. stuck in the mm. in the idea of that women's stories are only for women while men's stories are universal and mm. i think that we just need to make sure that we fund women's stories that are not the women's stories yeah. but women doing films about everything it's yes, not yes. it's not a uh, identity politics yes yes women should do the women's stories mm. but if we can see that in sweden that now when women do thrillers or whatever male mm. um, male films mm. they do exactly as well mm -hmm. as the men's mm. so i think that we just have to prove them wrong yes uh, and mm. uh, we as public funders need to be brave and see the potential mm. and not fall for the selling points mm. that it's only yeah. for men okay. or women. Well, look, I just want to ask you before I go to questions, I want to ask you this. Let's say that for whatever reason tomorrow you decided that you would get out of this game altogether, that you were going to leave and go into a different profession in the next six months, let's say. What one thing, if you had one thing that you could do before you left, one card to play that you haven't yet played, what would it be? Wow. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but there isn't one card to play. It is the, uh, the card maybe of Annie. Duna uh, is asking, she says, in Screen Ireland has put additional funding of up to additional 100 euros, which is quite a lot. So what I would want to do for one year is just only women all <laughs> over. It's, of course, impossible, but it would be so interesting to get one year of only women's stories to prove that the film industry would be 
exactly the same for the audience. They would see exactly the amount of genres and content. That would be fun. Yes, that would that, never happen. That sounds like a good idea, <laughs> but I presume you're not leaving yet, so we won't uh, we won't hold you on that. I'm going to go to some of these questions. Um, and uh, Annie Duna, you, you 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 referenced Annie there, and Annie just has a. I just want to read the full question. It was a statement and a question. Screen Ireland has put in an additional hundred thousand euro. We know for films that are female driven or focused. Now, her question is: Is this something that you have done? as regards extra funding. And Annie is saying her view is that money often talks loudest in terms of producers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but of course, uh, we haven't done this additional formally uh, mm -hmm. 100,000, but under the radar, we overfund quite a lot of films when we see that we believe that we really want them to be made but they have a hard time to get fully financed okay. mm -hmm. so we can add on budget when it's necessary but we haven't had that we are talking about this if we should do that for the uh, bigger budget films that if you have a female director mm -hmm. but we haven't decided yet but we might do that and in terms of uh, Vanessa's questions yes. uh, of the lack of the women's stories, I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally sure that over time, if we let all voices make films, mm -hmm. this historical empty holes will be filled up. Mm -hmm. But I would never want to say that women should do one or another story. I think women should do the stories they want to do. But we can see when women do the stories, we can see that there are That's right. suddenly stories about human beings mm. being something else but men. And of course, there's been such a long gap between for women in the sense that they, they, they didn't have access or they didn't have the stage, if you like, that there is that freshness in terms of so many perspectives that we hadn't seen for years coming ahead uh, and coming on stream when women start making them. But of course, as you say, there are many women that have, um, you know, they have many different types of stories to tell. Um, there's a question here from Karen who asks, can you say a little bit about what the biggest obstacle to 50-50 is in Sweden and what tactics you use to overcome it? The biggest object is the notion that we are already there. Yes, it is. It is yeah, an issue. So in Sweden, we are like, yeah, but wh whatever. We've been wo working with this so long mm. now, mm -hmm. and we are already there. Can you just start talking about something else? Which I do, but they only hear this because for sure it's not true. And they yes. know that when they start counting, but to keep the awareness high and make people keep on working that is the hardest thing besides mm. the fact that distributors like whoever said this uh, about uh, it was Vanessa yeah about their expectations mm. of women's stories that mm. they are not sellable I think distributors have an enormous power yes. and we have very little to make them change mm -hmm. so in terms of them it's mm -hmm. really they blame the producers the producers blame the distributors 
but it's really I see much more happening within the producers than within the distributors. Yes, I'm looking at a question here from Roshin Carney uh, talking, and I, I again you kind of referenced it, but we didn't maybe look at it closely. Anecdotally, we hear that female writers are questioned more about choices during the development process. There seems to be a pressure for women to write like men to fit in with the status quo rather than promote their, you know, a female voice and experience or their own voice and experience. Also, women find it harder to make their second film. Are these things that you identify with? In regards to the second film, I would say in Sweden, uh, it's as hard for men as women right now. It is hard for anyone to, if you didn't make, you know, a festival debut or something yes. that... But I think it's uh, it's for both. In terms on that they have to fit in, I would I I see that the lens, and I think that is what's happening for uh, the stories of indigenous people and yes. the stories uh, of uh, you know non-Western world stories that. Uh, when we have read them, we have our Western glasses on mm. and we do it on women as well. Mm. And when we are not aware of that, we need to be much more open minded uh, about what stories are relevant. Mm. That's what I think happens to a lot of women, that it's men or women who don't understand that they are women, that makes the decisions and uh, they see the stories and believe that, nah, but this is not interesting enough. Nah, this is a bit weird. I've heard so many stories about women that have portrayed characters, female characters that are non-likable and no, that they yes. have been pushed to change them because we don't want to see none. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really sure that you're right, that women have a much higher pressure mm. and if we take the intersectional perspective yes. so we can just imagine uh, we white women what women of mm. color and women of lgbtq mm. and uh, of other culture backgrounds mm -hmm. how people understand their stories yes absolutely a question here from uh, from paula asking was there funding put aside in Sweden to encourage women to write, train in production and act? Was there anything like that? We have had special launches for female screenwriters for bigger budgets. That was one action to get the bigger budgets to women. It, it's still running. Uh, they have been uh, in labs with, uh, with masterclasses mm. and networks and stuff. But it's never that we have the uh, how to be both director, scriptwriter, producer, actor. It's more to be able to be the profession that you are. Yes, yes. And we are not giving uh, really, and, I re and that is, we are not, it's not like we are teaching women to be directors. Mm -hmm. We teach them strategies to be able to make their films. Yes, yes, important. Because yeah. uh, we really have the trust in that a cinematographer knows its profession, mm -hmm. but how to get the jobs. Yes, yes. Now, here's another question from Yarrow, which is very close to my own heart as a researcher. 
Yarrow says, I find that opportunities for women are somewhat opening up, but there is another issue that has arisen, and that is age. Those lobbying for quotas are largely in the 40 to 60 age bracket, whereas the new opportunities often fall to a younger generation. What is the situation with age and women in the Swedish industry? Is it something you track? Now, I am so interested in this topic, I have to tell you myself. So, well, so this, this latest report that will be in English in mid-January mm -hmm. uh, has the perspective age and mm. racism. Yep. So the age perspective is given space, though more of the interview material were dealing with mm. racism. So it's less. But if you look into this, the money issue, Mm -hmm. We follow women. In Sweden, we are really uh, ageistic, or however you say it. We are really discriminating towards age, especially okay. with women, but with, towards men as well, mm -hmm. but especially with women. Uh, but I think that I understand what you say that it's the women, it's the women that has families, really. As soon as you get your family and you're stuck with the structures at home, uh, you start realize you hit the glass ceiling and then you start being uh, a gender equality worker. Before that, you don't see that you there is any difference. Mm -hmm. But I would say in Sweden that has changed. And I think I get a lot of... Uh, Actually, a lot of uh, mails and uh, calls or when I see people, you know, well, the younger women saying how very important it has been that I've been so openly talking about this because they are very rare. And they used to say, I don't want to be a female director. I just want to be a director. I rarely hear that nowadays, actually. But... They are not a part of WIFT as much. Mm. So. Yes. Now, I want to just come in with two things there. First of all, I, I see my moment, so I must say this, uh, that in, in Ireland, Raising Films Ireland was launched in August, uh, and we're very concerned to look at how the support that can be offered and, and what we can do to support parents and carers in the film industry. So that's a good thing. The other thing you were mentioning about women getting embroiled with family life, that's true, but I think there might be something else as well, Anna, because I wonder if it's the case that when we have in, you know, initiatives and when we have all the dialogue about new voices, emerging voices, very often women of a certain age do not hear themselves in that because they, they, they seem, those terms seem very often equated with young voices. Yeah. And I wonder if also producers are looking for the next new thing, you know, which, which of course could be so. And so you could have a, a legion of women as well then who've kind of missed the boat in a way and yeah. they look out into a changing landscape and they find that there, there is no space for them there. Uh, to me, that is a tragedy because many of these women were campaigners back in the day and looking for rights. And it would be dreadful to think that the ship had come in a little bit, but had literally sailed past them. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, this is a really big challenge, but it is uh, definitely uh, a risk. Okay. And I would hate that to happen. Mm -hmm. But 
it's the production companies that need to evaluate yes. even experienced female film creators. Mm-hmm. When I say when you get your family, then you hit the glass ceiling. But as well, when you get too experienced and do not be when you're not as flexible as you are when you're young when you in sweden we say when you have enough skin on your nose which means that you are actually uh, brave enough so i think that is uh, uh, you you have an integrity you have experience that usually succeeds the ones that are picking you and then you are a threat and that is our problem yeah Now, before I wind up with you, I want to say, in case I forget it, two things which I should have said at the top of the show, as they say, are sincere thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, the BAI, who have sponsored us and who support us financially through the year. Thank you for that. And I hope that you're in agreement that this was a wonderful event. And the second thing I would like to say is to those of you who are maybe tuning in, but maybe your membership has lapsed or you would like to know more about WIFT, Please check us out, wift.ie, and come find out what kind of work we do. And at the very last question, and I have enjoyed this talk so much I could stay here for, I'm sorry I didn't bring a picnic and I could have stayed here <laughs> for another two hours. But can I ask you this? What does Anna Cerner want her legacy to be? I want Anna Cerner's legacy to be that during her time, Swedish film was really interesting. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm sure that's um, I'm sure that's a very doable thing indeed to happen. There are messages. I can see them coming in, but I think we really are out of time. Anna, it was, as always, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You are very gracious to have given us your time. And I hope when the coronavirus is a thing of the past and way, way, way off in the distance, that we might be able to seduce you to come again to Dublin and we can show you the town and we'll have the kind of gala event that we had planned Uh, to have. Um, you'll always certainly be very welcome. Um, thank I, you so I'm, much. I can't wait. <laughs> And thank you all. Uh, I, I now down the names of the reports. You can find it on Excellent. our website. And if you can't find it, Susan, you can give them Hampus, yes. uh, my assistant, who of course is a man, uh, his uh, mail address. And he can help you with... Uh, Absolutely the... wonderful. Okay. Anna Thank Cerner. you for inviting me. You're... This is an open invitation, Anna. All the Thank best. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. This online talk has been made possible thanks to the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. To support the work women in film and television are doing, visit wft.ie and renew your membership today. Thank you for listening.